ti. Summertime weather. Whatever the case, we're going to be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They bring the show to you, make it possible for us to continue after eight long years of doing this show. And hey, they get some cool stuff. For their efforts as well, including video versions of the show, ad-free versions of the show, and a bonus show called Paid DLC, which I have to say, last week's episode, by all accounts, was a banger. And uh, folks have uh, told us they have loved the fact that we have added our friend Lana Bashinsky to the show. Lana uh, coming on almost every episode of the paid DLC show now. Uh, almost everyone, our semi regular third chair. She's awesome, and we had so much fun laughing it up with her last week. If you haven't heard that episode, you 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 got it. You got to check it out, and you can at Patreon.com/slash DLC Pod. DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also, games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard i'm your host jeff canada the spell with two n's and one t and i am joined as always by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis the guy who if you're watching the video version uh, looks like he's got a little suntan mr christian spicer hello christian yeah i also have like a, a weird collared shirt on and so like it goes lower than normal so this is just my usual farmer's tan that mm. you're seeing but you can see where it ends it it uh I'll button it up a little bit. But hey, it's it's summertime, you know. Uh Fresh Prince is out there doing his summertime grooves. Um and uh Will Smith is hitting people. But that doesn't detract that <laughs> summer, 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 summertime is a banger of a of a song. And Jeff, you might think, oh well, hype train's over, everything's done, we're in the dog days of summer. We are not. We're not we are not. We're not we are still n- dude. I'm telling you, this week we got at least one game that is a banger, and I'm so well, excited to talk to you about it. If it's not 2022, if there's not a game coming out every week that is a game of the year contender, uh, that is, uh, I guess, the new norm. And we'll get into it. We're going to talk games. We're going to talk news, and we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I am so excited because once again. DLC stands for Developer Living in Cincinnati because we have the founder of Guy Games. Our friend, Mr. Chris Bergman, is back. Hey, Chris. Hey, nerds. How you guys hey. doing, man? <laughs> oh, so mean to start. Aww. Oh, come on. It's always a term of endearment between us boys. <laughs> I, I have had a very long day. Went, went a big, long hike with the family, put together a table. God, you're living in Colorado real hard. Hard. <laughs> hard. 
<laughs> yes, mountain life, baby. There's barely any air. It's, it's, it's a wonder I haven't passed out yet. You built a table on your hike. So listeners, they should know, yeah. like Jeff straight up lumberjacked it. He like, yeah. took his family out for a picnic. They hiked. They chopped a tree. He shaved you it. Got, it was... You guys haven't done table hiking? <laughs> Come on. Table hikes are the best. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was told not to ask you about your uh, forthcoming ahead. game. So, so, uh, but I'm, but I'm sure we will find out more when it gets closer. Uh, development continues apace. I, I, I expect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've already we've already mentioned it before. So, uh, the game's called Ra Ra Boom. It's a four player co op beat 'em up about Ninja Tealers from outer space. It'll be coming out sometime next year. Uh, we have a lot of content coming really, really soon. I can't wait to share it with all you guys. And uh, it's been a ride, man. Happy to talk about sort of the process of development and, and you know, what's happened thus far in in <laughs> vague terms without talking about the game. But yeah. Well, I, we, we will also certainly have you back when you're able to talk more specifically about the game. Uh, we can't wait to hear more about it. And I, what you said so far makes me excited. So I mean, it because... also it's very important to mention that uh, Christian's a writer on the game as well. What? What? Right. What? Did I out you? What? I'm, I'm excited. I'll tell my kids. Uh, no, I uh, I don't talk about the game because I don't want to be the one that ever gets in trouble. But uh, uh, it's uh, I'm very excited. It's real good. But I was going to wait to do all my disclosures later. But now since you said things, I will say it's uh, it's real good. And I'm very excited. And what I was going to tell people is uh, while Chris might not say things, their social media accounts post some pretty good stuff um, where you can get some behind the scenes, fun web comics, updates about the game. Uh, yeah, I like it's it. been I like, interesting. I like social. It, well, th- somehow this has turned into a commercial in front of my yeah. eyes. <laughs> it's been it's been interesting because like we don't want to you know there's a bunch of stuff that we can't show in regards to sort of the art, the animation, you know, video, all that stuff. And so it was like, hey man, this is going to take us two years to get this thing done. What do we talk about on those socials? And so what we started to do is uh, we do a weekly web comic of just the antics that happen at Guyly Games and. Um, you know they're they're pretty funny. They're our production artists make them. They're they're you know brilliant, wonderful web comic people in their own right. Um, so please go check those out. Yeah, very cool. And how would they do that? Uh, go Games? to guilygames.com. Go to Twitter and Instagram at guilygames. Um, those those are your your best spots for sure. Awesome. And lastly, please know that unless Chris is on the show, I'm definitely not going to talk about it at all because I don't want to be the one that messes up. You know, like <laughs> I, the CEO and founder can mess up, but people patrons fans i'm still gonna have people mad at me don't get me wrong i'm I'm not saying crap about this game until it's out and then i'll be like oh yeah here we go now we can talk about it well i can't wait to hear more and find out how i will be a part of the game and so no i'm just Uh, (laughs) game number two man game number two for sure (laughs) number one's an all-female cast so uh um you know you we did that haven't haven't heard my falsetto yeah, uh, <laughs> we did that specifically to exclude you. I just want to, I want to be clear about that. <laughs> well done. Well done. No, it worked. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Let's start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send us comments, questions, anything you'd like us to know. We love hearing from you, even your own reviews. If you'd like to get those onto the show, we'd love finding out about games that maybe we missed. dlcfeedback at gmail.com is where you do that. 
Also, we have really cool communities. You can find us on Discord at 5x5DLC on Discord. Fun folks hanging out, talking about games there. Also, our subreddit is 5x5DLC.reddit.com. You can also check us out there. We love folks joining the community. But Chris, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? So before I get into my story of the week, I do have to say that we're driving down to our cabin this weekend, and I was listening to the last episode of DLC to make sure I didn't screw this up too bad. <laughs> and uh, uh, I caught my 10-year-old son, Guy, of Guy Lee, um, singing along the story of the week. I, I feel like that's imp- like jamming just so hard. Love and it. So I, I, I want to put this out there to the DLC um, audience. Someone please make a house remix <laughs> that I can DJ with. Please, because I feel like that's going to slam at PAX. That's that's amazing. I um, I guess I shouldn't say. There's there's something kind of brewing about that stuff that I can't say, but (laughs) I I, want to say. But uh, let's just say that Sean Madigan has ideas about about. So I get to hear it off air. I will tell you that. Yes, I'll tell you off air. I I will tell you this uh, on air. Um, the week, uh, not, not too long ago where I, uh, I trolled Christian and, and played the Jeff was right instead of the story of the week jingle, uh, several emails saying you broke my children's <laughs> hearts because they couldn't sing along with the story of the week jingle. So, uh, you are not alone, Chris, with, it's or your so children good. are not alone. Uh, you've so conditioned good. us, Jeff, you've conditioned us with your incredible hosting, your, well-paced usual intros outros like we are all pavlovian and then you go and just rub my face and being wrong and it it, yeah. it kills kids jeff it kills their hearts it breaks well, them it's your you fault know, can't make an omelet you know what i'm saying all right uh Chris, <laughs> story of the week. So, so what is your story of the week okay so um i got a spicy one boys uh and uh this is stuff that that's Sort of near and dear to my heart currently. So along with running Guyly Games, I'm also a general partner at the Fund Midwest, which is a venture capital fund. We invest into uh, tech startups. Um, most recently invested in Playbite and Crowd Control, which are two great, awesome, amazing, wonderful companies. Um, and I get at least two pitches a week involving metaverse and NFTs. And um, I'm, I, I literally just want to talk about this because I'm genuinely curious to hear your Guys's opinions, guys's, yep, opinion. Um, so PlayStation, Microsoft, Epic, Unity, and more form the Metaverse Standards Forum. Um, I found this really interesting and unusual and kind of buried in the news cycle, by the way. Like, like I found it on gamesindustry.biz, which is where like I sort of live and breathe and, and steal content. Um, and uh, so anyway, it, it's, been, it's, it's been interesting. So several major games and technology firms have come together to form the Metaverse Standards Forum, a new group dedicated to setting the standards for this growing space. Uh, From the game space, founding members include Sony Interactive, Microsoft, Epic, Unity, Meta, uh, and NVIDIA. What's interesting, though, uh, some absences there, Apple, Roblox, uh, and Niantic, which I also find interesting. Um, And in a statement, they said, open to any organization at no cost, the forum will focus on pragmatic, Action-based projects such as implementation, prototyping, hackathons, plug fests, and open-source tooling to accelerate the testing and adoption of metaverse standards, while also developing consistent terminology and deployment guidelines. Uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> well, uh, it sounds pretty vague at the moment, but I, I, I like, I like it in concept. Right? The idea here is that, 
I mean, first we need a definition of the metaverse because I think a lot of people use that term for a lot of different things. But some people don't speaking, even know what the difference between Web 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0 are. You know, there are just people out there, just total idiots. Yeah. I, you know, I yeah. don't know any of them personally, but. Uh. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if we're talking about the metaverse being virtual space, if you're talking about uh, ways, uh, interactive ways of of dealing with uh, a a virtual world that is beyond a two dimensional screen that we stare at, that we've been staring at for the last forty years <laughs> um, plus, uh, then I think it it is actually quite useful to come up with a set of standards, terminologies, and um, guidelines to how this new interaction is going to be presented to consumers. It, it somebody that was on uh, very much enthusiastically on the cutting edge of VR as it was rolling out in its early days and continues to be. Uh, it has very much been the Wild West as far as like what works, what doesn't. You know, people were throwing up at the beginning, you know, getting nauseated and and all these things. And and we learned things. You know, we learned best, you know, standard practices, best practices. We learned uh, how to mostly how to minimize that to a large degree to make that nearly unheard of. You know, some folks, you know, some games, some experiences still cause that kind of thing. That's just one example, but. There's a whole wide variety of things that could benefit from all the biggest players. Uh, you know, a lot of these big, big, big names. I mean, it's both huge engines, right? Like, exactly. like Unity and Unreal are on board. Right. So, and these are companies that have giant asset stores already, which is essentially its own metaverse in some right. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it remains to be seen what will come of this. I think it's interesting that the, the way that they express their um, action in this arena is that they are going to be iterating. It's like, hey, let's do hackathons. Let's do all this prototyping. Let's just throw a lot of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. I think that's actually pretty awesome. And it feels like a uh, a ground up, you know, a, a, a grassroots style. I mean, this isn't grassroots companies, but you know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's not a top-down imposed on terminology, et cetera. It's, it's ground up. It's like, let's find out what works. Let's, let's just make a lot of stuff and see what works and pull the best from that. That's very encouraging to me. The, the negative side, the unknown negative side is like, what are they deciding? <laughs> you know, what are these giant corporations deciding right now? Uh, but I'm curious what you think of it, Chris, uh, clearly you brought it up and you seem to be, you know, um, interacting with this much more on a daily basis than we yeah, are. Yeah, too immerse, um, unfortunately. Uh, so what I love about what I love about the announcement, there's no no messaging around NFTs. There's no messaging around blockchain. Um, there, I think the forum in and of itself is genuinely seeing this as like these are assets that are, are going to be transferable across different platforms. And like we, if if this is ever going to happen, people seem to want it. If this is ever going to happen, we all have to collaborate and cooperate and figure out how to do this together. Right. That is awesome and amazing. I, like Ikea is one of the people that is in the forum, which I found fascinating. Right. Yeah. So like, of course, if, if you're building furniture, you want to make sure that your furniture exists in the metaverse uh, with some sort of accuracy and that you have ownership over the things that you create. Right. Um, that that is interesting to me. Uh, I I just I'm still so 
I think the metaverse is, I mean, Jeff, you and I have played WoW for 16, 17, 18 years. That's, that was the metaverse for me, you know, mm-hmm. um, back then, like uh, Azeroth was the first meta- metaverse I, I participated in. Um, today, my kids play Fortnite. And thanks to John Drake, there's every Disney character in the world in Fortnite. <laughs> um, thanks. Thanks is like depending when, like when my kids are like, when we get this one, it's thanks, John Drake. But then when they release the one I want, it's like, thanks, John thanks, Drake. John Drake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I see that. I mean, they go in there. They, you know, we're we actually just booked a, a show. They're going to go see Dead Mouse because, like, you know, they're they're now interested in EDM and Marshmallow and all this other stuff because of of the Fortnite metaverse. I mean, I mean that that aspect of it is and is amazing and wonderful. What's also interesting is Roblox not being a part of it is a huge flag. I don't know if it's a green flag or a red flag, but it's a huge flag because Roblox has been like we are. A metaverse like we want people to exist here um right. flaws and all tons of flaws um and like we're not willing to participate with these other people we want to do it ourselves and that do-it-yourself mentality is why so for me personally just to get spicy why not you know spicer's a part of this we gotta get spicy sometimes <laughs> to me web3 is aol all over again it is a bunch of walled gardens um where everything is gate kept you know, uh, based on ownership and, and payment and all of that stuff. And, and I'm, I'm pretty down on those aspects of it. Um, you know, but if, if there's a, an artist out there, a 3d modeler, that's, you know, he's got a, he's like eating ramen. He's in, in his freshman year of college and, uh, he can go make assets for the metaverse and, and live off that for the next four years. That's interesting to me. Well, Christian, uh, you know, I, 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 if you're the spicy spice man and, and I'm, you know, Pollyanna Kanata over here, as I usually am, What's that? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I will pitch to you the idealistic version of this, which is the, you know, the pie in the sky, uh, hope beyond hope version of a metaverse is that it is, it truly is a metaverse. It is it is decoupled from any individual corporation and exists in a, a layer beyond any one particular IP holder or or corporate interest. And maybe uh, the fact that all these huge heavy hitters are uh, banding together and trying to come up with some sort of standards means that that's the kind of thing that could be possible where, hey – yeah, if I have an IKEA chair in the metaverse, I want it to work in stuff that Sony makes and that Microsoft makes and that Epic makes. And it it exi- there is this layer that is just sort of like the internet where hey, I have a website it can it works on the internet. The meta- metaverse is like that where it isn't the sole propriety of any one corporation or one one uh product like Roblox, uh, but it, it exists in a, a, a place that's kind of beyond all of that. And maybe, maybe that's possible if all these companies get together and say, hey, let's have a, a unified standard that works across all of this instead of us all coming up with our individual versions. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts that are kind of scattershot right now. It's kind of like a, a shotgun blast coming out as i kind of digest this and this was 
recently announced also this what probably that's been in the works for a while but that is very much new the metaverse is still a thing that is trying to be defined partially by these groups and this idea of this consortium coming together is also new and i think trying to be defined what it is and part of me feels like it is an effort to get ahead of the government government's regulations you know looking back at like the mpaa or the esa and the idea of like let us self-regulate. We'll we'll figure this out. You know, you don't need to tell us what we can do, uh, government. We'll rate our own movies. We'll we'll put ratings on video games. We have a this group that does that, and it's kind of this loose. We're friends until we're enemies. You know, kind of pact of competing companies trying to build something together. So I think it, that's interesting because at least here in the U.S., the government feels very behind on the ever increasing digital world and how things like copyright IP, the idea of, you know, it's not hard to pull up a, a C-SPAN um, recording uh, and, and see someone saying like, so I go to G M A I L period C O M. And where does that, and you're just like, Oh my gosh, you are a Senator uh, ma'am. Like what was this? You don't know. She's also 80. What they, uh, they all are. They all are. Um, and so like, I think there's some part of that that makes me skeptical. The other part I think that makes me skeptical is a lot of these, com- not every company's in it, but a lot of these companies that are in it, it's like mass murderers get together to create friendship pact. And I'm like, you're all mass murderers. You don't, you don't have good interests in mind. I don't, I don't, Wolf decides, you know, which sheep's clothing is most effective. And I'm like, right. I don't know about that, Wolf. But my hope, my hope is that and this is still still barely happening, but my hope is that we can have, like you said, Jeff, some common standards where like the web and it's not closed protocols and this, that, and the other, you can kind of just from anywhere, go to anything or in a real life application, smart home stuff. Smart home stuff is still a mess where, and like they're trying, yeah. they've been trying to get this consortium together that works and now it's been delayed again, but like, oh, my doorbell doesn't talk to my thermostat and my thermostat was bought by Amazon, but it no longer works with my Echo Show because it's newer amp. And like all that stuff is just a nightmare. And picturing that in this digital world in which we're supposed to live, if it doesn't all work together, it all falls apart, right? Like there needs to be those handshakes. So hopefully it can get there. But I, I also agree with what Chris was saying. This it does feel like right now, these initial stages that that the metaverse, it kind of feels like everybody wanting to claim their own thing because no one wants to repeat Apple getting the huge head start with digital music sales or Netflix getting the whole head start where like they had every studio's content because they were the only one doing it. And now everybody's like, no, 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 no. This is my garden. This is my garden. This is my garden. This is my garden. And all we do to work together is create the sidewalk where I go from garden to garden to garden. And that is less enticing to me. Well, I mean, I think we all want, uh, or at least I will say me, I want ready player one, right? I want the, like uh, the bad real life. That well, we already have also. it. Hang on. We already have it. We <laughs> already have ready player one. I can put in any disc and live in any world that I want to live in. I can download any game and go live in that world. All of that already exists. Well, no, I don't think that's exactly what I mean. I mean, uh, you have in, in, the version that is expressed in that science fiction book is I have one avatar 
who goes to all these different planets that are based on different IPs and is consistent throughout them, levels up, does things, gets stuff from here. I get a lightsaber from the Star Wars world. I get a, you know, a, a, a DeLorean from the Back of the Future, whatever it is. They all work on my character. It's a one persistent u- universe that- I mean, you're, you're describing Fortnite right now, by the way. I am describing Fortnite in a lot of ways, but I think that it's more robust. So what's missing? Like what's, what are they chasing? What are they chasing that, that doesn't exist yet? That's what I don't understand. Like everyone talks about metaverse as though it's this, this leap in evolutionary sort of humanity. mm -hmm. Right. And like, I don't get, I don't get what that leap is. I don't understand what the gap that they're, they're crossing that we haven't already cross outside of sort of the nft blockchain side of it which is essentially a mysql database anyway yeah i mean i don't i don't think at least what i'm talking about isn't necessarily nft blockchain ownership stuff, right right right, right. We're, we're, we're tabling that conversation we're tabling that conversation yes Thank well God. Said. Uh, on the table that jeff built during his hike <laughs> is yeah where we're tabling yeah. it. a table hike um <laughs> To me, it's more this notion, uh, the, metavor- the metaverse in relationship to something like a Fortnite is uh, much more different kinds of experiences and a sort of replacement. Boy, that's, that's the wrong way to say it. Yep. A, a much more um, immersive world than Fortnite offers. Right. Fortnite is a, uh, a game that you go into and you can do a lot of different modes in that game, but it's a game. Right. I think. What we what everybody's envisioning is something more along the lines of what you get in science fiction, which is a place you can go and be, you know, it's uh <laughs> But it's still escapism. It never it, yeah. it, it's not gonna solve the hierarchy of needs, right? Like we, no, I don't think that anybody's claiming that's gonna replace the hierarchy of needs. No, oh, you haven't hung out with Web3 people enough. Well, <laughs> they're yeah, there's a, it's a special kind of Right Kool-Aid now, Chris, they're drinking. right now, um, someone is about to get a lot of funding from you all because they heard this and they're writing you the best pitch email ever that answers all of this. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and be like, dang, Tina did it. This is the, okay, here it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there, there's a Venn diagram for Web3 and Metaverse, but I don't think it's. But it's a still circle. escapism, right? Like you're still just solving escapism. Unless, yes. unless it is that oh, there was a story we didn't talk about last week, but like because it's a small sample size, I didn't want to carry it over necessarily to this week. But I think it's interesting. It's escapism unless it's virtual meetings and it's it's it's, it's where you go to school and it's where right. you play tennis. It's like literally where you live, aside from your four squares and a roof, you know, b- basic needs, but every it's it's intercourse, it's real French, you know, like ev- it's everything. Except for the bare food shelter, yeah, the, the minimum. Thing yeah. You're yeah. About. <laughs> but that's so much of life already, though. It yeah. exists outside of that; those essentials. I think, but I don't think there's anything in this news story that's claiming it's going to replace the hierarchy of needs. Right? It's it's literally saying in this new form of escapism, let's come up with some shared terminology oh, yeah. and practices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is true. Which is required. Right? Like like we all know that you say it as GIF. <laughs> I do, but uh, yes. like crazy people say it as GIF. No, it's uh, it's, it's uh, Jay Z is the word you're looking for. Jay Z people, yeah. not Jay Z. Jay Z. <laughs> it's how you pronounce it. It's weird. Um, Hot Slack like- did point out in the chat that I wanted to surface this as part of the wolf in sheep's clothing. I loathe is a strong word. I loathe 
that Facebook changed their name to Meta and talks about mm-hmm. the Meta. Like, I want Google to change their name or create a company called Verse just to be like, you know what? Shut up. Now, <laughs> it's not your Verse. It's We're Verse. You might be Meta. We're Verse. <laughs> like the idea that it's their Verse because they changed their name to a thing that was already an established. Anyway, hi. How are we doing? Okay, so I'm. I have a personal sort of anecdote for that um, because I see what's happening there, and I had we did it. So I had a company called Chore Monster, which was gamification of chores for kids. We then started making a bunch of other apps, and I noticed people writing about us in the press, and they were saying um, they're a part of family tech or family technology. And I looked, and I could buy the URL familytech.com for five grand. So I went and bought the URL and then rebranded as Family Tech because I decided I wanted to own the entire category as opposed to one individual brand, which is exactly what Facebook is doing right before we sold it to Verizon. We had a bunch of other plans for that company that you know we got sold too early to execute on. But like um it it's so interesting how like they're they want to own metaverse. Like that that is that is the reason that they changed their name, is they want to be the owners. Of it. That's why Oculus doesn't exist anymore, um, which has got to be so. Do you guys remember us hanging out in Echo Park playing on the dev kit? Yeah. Like the Kickstarter backed dev kit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Well, yeah. I, I want to say also quickly, Chris, that you're not the only smart person that Jeff and I also did that. It's why the show is called DLC, and we own the space uh, of the term you know, DLC in video games. No one else yeah, uses it for anything. It is the best, best SEO we could have possibly ever done. <laughs> <laughs> you guys People came Google. up first on my uh, search on Patreon today when I finally decided to back you because I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> well, we it was we almost didn't have a guest this week because you had. <laughs> yeah, Patreon is our test of friendship. That's how it works. That's how it works. <laughs> Sorry, Lana, I don't listen to your stuff. I'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Okay, uh, that's a big topic, and I'm glad you brought it up. And and I think way too early to know if this is a bunch of. You know, wolves. And, I mean, I guess it clearly is wolves in sheep's clothing, but but it's it's too early to know how many sheep those wolves are going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> They'll all Oil. be consumers. That's what we know for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oil companies yeah. get together to create environmental groups. You're like, okay, yeah, sure you do. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite that, but no, but it's not. I, it's not. I understand. I mean, I think honestly, just to put a button on this, honestly. This is better than none of these companies got together to create any <laughs> shared ter- like this is a good thing, right? Who if if good things come of it remains to be seen, but it is a good thing and I wish Apple would be part of it because I think Apple's going to be a big I have, I fear Apple will be like now our metaverse is over here on on this thing over here. You it's know, AOL, Apple, man. Apple it's AOL. play with other Apple's never yeah. not played well with other operating systems, Jeff. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, Christian, what is your story of the week? Um, my story of the week, I, I'm not ready to let go of summer is my story of the week. And my story of the week is that after all the big stories have kind of come and gone, we got one more, one more summer of games. Uh, and we got the announcement of Hyenas, which is made by Creative Assembly from Sega. And it is a shooter. I mean, it's it's not Fortnite, but it's like Fortnite, you know. <laughs> it's a shooter where it takes place in zero G, and you're robbing um, mall. It's like in space, and like there's these mall freighters where the rich live. It's got like this, you know, dystopic sci-fi 
layer on top of it, of course. And you play as pirates that go into these futuristic space malls and steal their uh, trinkets, which of course are all Sega little little things because Sega makes the game. But um, I'm excited about this game, one, because Creative Assembly, I think, is one of the most fascinating devs around where they worked on, I think it's Sonic. I have the, I want to get it right. It's like the Sonic Advanced port was then like Sonic Advance Collection was Total them. War. Total War. Alien Ice. So it's like 2D Sonic games they did way back when. Um, they did a soccer game way, way back when. Then Total War, the Sonic Classics Collection. That's what it was. Then also Alien Isolation, which again is a very different genre. Halo Wars 2. Like they've covered kind of the breadth of genres over time. And now for a while they have been the Total War RTS studio who's made some really really good rts games and now they're going to another shooter and kind of doing this what seems like you know fortnite-esque multiplayer get loot have cool uh avatars for your characters multiplayer shooter and the zero g concept i think is is fascinating because it's something that um cliffy dabbled with with lawbreakers while lawbreakers yeah. didn't catch on i thought it was a nope. fascinating <laughs> part of that game of <laughs> which was where lawbreakers the name meant it's like breaking the rules of gravity it was like one of the meanings of that and i thought this trailer while it didn't necessarily show actual gameplay per se like there was one segment that looked like a 2d side scroller and i was like wait what but it was very stylish and i like that creative assembly is you know doing new different things um and i could use another i hope it's good is what and, and then i could use a another game like this i always like competition in that space very funny to me that you said uh they're responsible for some of the uh, best rts games uh and also halo wars too <laughs> i didn't mean it that way i thought I, I think we have it on this show i, I liked halo maybe it's halo wars one i really i put a lot of time into one of them and i don't remember which one <laughs> that's um, uh, anyway, no, I, I, I don't mean to, to slide in Creative Assembly. I agree with you. Uh, in, in Alien Isolation, not my type of game, but very cool and very interesting. Uh, and yeah, this trailer uh, is, is, is pretty awesome. It uh, looks all in-engine. Uh, I don't know how much of it is representative of actual gameplay, but uh, kind of cool, uh, very stylized. Interesting, though, uh, you brought it up as you know not wanting it to be an end of summer of games quite yet. I feel like this is a game that would have been announced uh, in Keeley's presentation and we would never have mentioned it. Oh, I, 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 the, I like this stuff. I, I like the visual flair. Like mm-hmm. uh, if you're watching the video version, I'm running part of the trailer. Now there's like a Richard Nixon mask. It's mm-hmm. got like uh, neon drenched streets and uh, like zany weapons. It, it looks like it looks it like, the Apex I like legends meets borderlands or Ooh. like uh, what's that game? Uh, Pay, payday yeah yeah a the little heist. because of the nixon mask like there's yeah, attitude the for sure yeah yeah it, one guy's it, wearing a vr headset while running around in it like again i don't know what it will be when you're actually playing it but like for a tone and style trailer this is i would love to see this movie you know like this this visual language speaks to me big time yeah i just i, I was just bringing it up in the sense that it's it's pretty shrewd to to hold your cards a little longer and wait till everybody has played their oh. hand and then you go hey my hand may not have been the winning hand, but everybody's <laughs> looking at it now, right? Because uh, I feel like if this had been uh, just another in the in the stream of games that had been announced during the last you know couple of weeks, 
maybe it would it certainly wouldn't have gotten its own segment on our show. I'll say that, uh, which is every dev's goal, I would guess. But it would have gotten highlighted as not it was a space game, but it's bright. So it would have been a it nice mix in those other space games that were depressing. <laughs> I'm just my biggest it's question not, to you. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. Um, I'm just as surprised it's not like Game Pass Day One. Sort of well, like there's, it looks like it should have be. They, well, have we don't know yet. 2023, 2023. Yeah. So we, it could still get a deal like that. Oh, um, I'm saying my indication is that it wasn't in the the yeah. mm-hmm. Summer mm-hmm. Games Fest Correct. because. If, if it were Games Pass Day One, it would have been in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Sorry, sorry, to, we'll sorry see. to peek behind the curtain. They may, they, you know, they may have a, they may have a deal yet, yet to be determined. Uh, but, um, um, what was I going to say? Your right, question to you is, or something like that. You're, oh you're yes, yes. My it. question to you, Christian, is: Is Zero G fun? I don't know. I, I mean, I think it can be. In single-player games, I really enjoy it. Uh, Titanfall 2, uh, it's not zero-G per se, but those the wall, it, it gave yeah, you well, that. Yeah, it like has segments of that. Right. It's not the whole game. And that one, the one future um, advanced warfare, the one future Call of Duty single-player campaign that was incredible that uh, they refused to admit was good. <laughs> do I mean, with. Lone Echo incredible. is amazing. And Echo, yeah. uh, what's the multiplayer? Echo, um, I can't remember the name of the multiplayer, but it's cool, but it's also VR. It's different. Um, so I don't know. I think, I don't know if I've ever had a zero G. I feel like, like this. lawbreakers would have figured it out if they had enough runway and enough leash. I feel like they would have figured it out. Well, yeah, it, it it unfortunately, and I don't know what hyenas will necessarily be. I think Lawbreakers, while doing a lot of cool things, was also bound by being an a older style of uh, fast twitch, run and gun, Unreal Tournament shooter style game. That, but that's what I mean. If they had enough into. time and enough money, it, that that mm. would have gone away, and they would have found that lane. I think that's like you look at games like Rainbow Six, right? Like when that game came out, versus like there's there's this this sort of definitely like a a group of games that it takes them a couple of years to mm-hmm. sort of figure out, especially, yeah. and it's all in that lane. It's all in like very multiplayer mm. sort of they're, they're trying different game design elements, seeing what works, what doesn't. And I mean, the upside is like, you get a bunch of data of like right. from your players, what, what is happening. And then you can make decisions and it, and it, and it is a games as a service. Like what's unfortunate about lawbreakers is I think that was a games as a service game that never had the, the, the capital to go, be a games as a service game because you're going to lose money for the first two, three years. Yeah. Well, I also think they, the, the data they got was that very few people were, were playing it. I think, you know, it helps to have a runway with people on it, you know, but Fortnite was the same, man. Do it you guys really remember? Was. Yeah. yeah I guess the I mean, world was not a hit. You, I mean, we have an episode of this show. I think Jeff, where you're like, you know, uh, I'll remind you in case you forgot that you talked about it already. My recollection show. is <laughs> that I liked the Fortnite uh, wave wave shooter game. I, re- I remember really enjoying that. Being like, well, this is a really cool wave clip. shooter. Huh? You were one of the few. You were one of the few. <laughs> yeah. We'll say that. And, then they and now today it, it makes like, 200 million a garbage. Month. What is yeah. this? <laughs> that was a fun peek behind the curtain. Speaking of peeking behind the curtain, when uh, Epic was like, we're going to donate our first two weeks you know revenue to ukraine and i was like you donated how much that was how many days yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. holy moly you make, uh, so good on that man good on that yes. anyway hyenas uh, again uh, interesting another interesting tidbit 
coming in 2023 and also Soon. still coming to PS4, Xbox One. You know, they, we're still, we're in how many years since the new consoles have launched and there's, we're still getting cross-platform releases uh, targeted for not even this year, targeted for 2023. That's, so. that's what makes me think that this is going to be a, you know, a more... Um games as servicey game in order yeah. to capture that that bigger audience i think it's kind of what they need to be at this point but yeah, yeah. and it's uh, four player teams is that correct three, it's three players on a team but four teams at a time which yeah, is interesting. yeah at launch and then they'll come out with the battle royale mode and the solo mode and <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see I gamers know. want it man uh all right um uh, my story of the week is one actually uh Christian, you texted me this, uh, mm. which I think I think it's worth discussing. I think it's a really interesting thing. Not exactly information that's new this week, just confirmed. And I think uh, first time I really thought it through because it's, this is information about Overwatch Two, which we know now is coming this year. Uh, officially, Overwatch Two is going to subsume Overwatch One. It is going to uh, absorb it as it as it continues <laughs> amoeba like through the cosmos. Um, it's Kirby. It's Kirby Big Mouth mode. Whoop, you know, it's just yeah. kind of whoop. you're you're a couch and Kirby <laughs> is eating you. Uh, no, the idea here is that um, there will be no Overwatch One. It will not be a game that exists concurrently to Overwatch Two. When Overwatch Two launches on October fourth. It will replace the current live service for Overwatch 1. And since there is no not live service for Overwatch, that's it. That's the game. Now, how is that going to work exactly? Well, according to this AMA that happened this week, uh, any cosmetics that you purchased in Overwatch 1 and uh, and any loot boxes that you still own uh, will carry over the loot boxes. Since there will be no loot boxes in Overwatch 2, the loot boxes will open themselves and reveal their contents, and those contents will stick to your account and move forward into Overwatch 2. So no loot boxes, but any loot boxes you've been holding on to for a rainy day, guess what? It's raining. It's raining, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think this points to you know rumors that we heard over and over again about how Activision was pr- pressuring the, the team at Blizzard to have a numbered sequel to Overwatch. They didn't want to do that. They just wanted to have Overwatch be Overwatch and it be, as you were talking about, Chris, a live service game that evolves and changes over time and becomes this new thing. And, and that's just the, the way it moves forward. Well, Activision says, yeah, but when we sell numbered sequels to that other thing that we sell, that Call, that, uh, that Call of Duty thing that we make, it makes us lots and lots and lots of money. So let's put a number on the end and sell it in a box again. And they agreed and uh or we're forced to agree and so that's why we got overwatch 2 but now it's sort of we're seeing the results of that it's like we don't want to make this isn't two games this is just the next progression of overwatch so i want to get your reaction to this chris do you think this is a bad thing for the community i mean the the, the purported goal here is to not splinter the player base right not to have I mean, people I just hang out and play the first one yeah, I think I think that's the only way you do that is is by forcing everyone over. I mean, it's it's interest. It's a free to play game, right? Right, free to play. It is free to play. Yeah, okay. it will be free so, to so, play. So it's just a patch. It's a patch. Two for, is free to play. One was not. One was a, a retail 
box. Yeah. And, yeah. and everyone got their $60 and, and feels great about it. Um, <laughs> I, what blows my mind, no joke. I, I am, I am mind blown about the amount of effort it has to take to transfer all the skins over yeah. all the, all right. of the, the assets, like, like give people the fact that they're taking the time and energy to give people a seamless transition from overwatch one to two says everything about this game to me that actually makes me really excited about it. Right. Um, I, I think that they're, they're thinking critically about their play player base and, you know, where they've dropped off over time. Like, like there's, I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys, you, you all, well, we played overwatch two at BlizzCon, right? Christian, yeah. that was, I can't remember who that was with. We we played the single, which is not part of October, but in like 2019, where did that that. go? (laughs) Still coming. Who remembers? Later was that the before times? (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But like it, it. What me? What that? Or to me, what that says is that the the dev team is is very like clear that this is part of the roadmap to sort of what they wanted to overwatch to be as a whole in my opinion i think initially like that 60 dollar purchase kept people from playing the game in a way like like we're going to see an influx to your point like i i think you're right jeff in that like box copies and and sequels are important to activision in particular um but also um they aren't willing to let go of warzone now um, that's gone through three box copies and have another one coming next year um, because they're seeing the data around sort of free to play games as a service games. They won't get weird, like they like if you remember Black Ops Four, I think had a different battle royale name. I forget what it was. I'm sorry, I'm a bad gamer. <laughs> um, but it, but then they changed the brand. They watched everybody disappear and then started Warzone and then you know handed that off to different devs. Like handed literally handed Warzone off to different devs. And and kept that player base across and and let them sort of live in it. And I think what you're seeing here is actually them serving the player base as opposed to anything else. Because yeah. the amount of lift that they're doing to make that player base come in is just beyond ridiculous from a dev standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Wild. I mean, a number number of things I think worth worth underscoring here. One is. Wild to me that uh, the $60 boxed game had the loot boxes and the free-to-play one doesn't. Good on them, man. Interesting. Good on them. I mean, it will have battle pass and cosmetics that you can purchase and stuff like that, but no loot boxes. Pretty cool. Uh, Another thing that's that's wild to me is that here is an example of a game that you could buy in a store and now does not exist. Right? You What's wrong with this, that? Maybe nothing. Maybe nothing. A lot of folks get very up in arms about that notion. I would love to hear your perspective on defending that. Um, I just I want my blockbuster in the metaverse, man. I don't need it in IRL. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I, I think what's wrong with that is <clears throat> how the game was positioned. And so I think it's like imagine, you know, you go sit down to play Street Fighter 2 and all of a sudden you can't. Now you're playing Street Fighter Alpha. Great game. I love Alpha. I love the Alpha series. Great mug. Yeah. Different game. It's not, it's not the game. And this is, um, not, it's what, 5v5 versus 4v4. Uh, and I think it's how they, okay, sorry. Uh, Activision is not my main focus recently. (laughs) Um, um, 
how they pitched the game. This Overwatch One was not pitched as this type of live service game. This also isn't being presented as a um, retooling or rebalance of Overwatch. It's it's like the messaging is all wrong for what they're trying to do. I think they're messing up with expectation, or they're messing up in in regards to like player expectations, right? Or if you went to play uh, Halo two with friends and then you couldn't now it's just halo infinite and it's like well halo infinite's great it's fine but that's not what i sat down to play and so there's this weird thing yeah it's also not what you purchase but there's a lot of a lot of examples of that right it's just weird that this one seemed i don't know if there are a lot of examples of that a game you there's games that get turned off which is sad yeah like a lot of those you don't like a game that you bought that became a fundamentally different game yeah, I mean, I mean, that's every game's and those, game that yeah, exists. World of Warcraft. Is, yes, yes. <laughs> no, you can <laughs> still play the original MMO content. The, <laughs> the original content still exists. No, not it necessarily. Didn't. There's a lot of games where you could. Uh, I mean, Fortnite. <laughs> but that's not a purchase. That's not a purchase game. Right, but there's a well, lot there, of games so that you would purchase. Uh, go ahead, Chris. You you say. It. Yeah, they're they're going from a purchase game to a free to play game, and I I understand the the sort of ebb there or the knit there about going from a purchase to a free-to-play game but like you still need it if you bought overwatch you still did if you're playing it on playstation you still need playstation plus you you know x like like there it's still required an internet connection and on some level if if you are making a game that is not a contained narrative it's got to change at some point right like you can only manage the live servers or, or sort of do live ops for an X amount of period of time. Great example of this, um, if I may. Uh, so Friday the 13th, Gun Media's game, right? Everyone loves it. It's a Game Pass hit. Makes an insane amount of money. Now it's the and query. Then, it just changed. No, I'm just and kidding. Then, <laughs> <laughs> but then, and they're managing live ops for this game that has hundreds of thousands of concurrent players at any given time. And then the courts get a hold of the IP. And now they're not allowed to patch it. Because the license doesn't allow them to patch the game. So, like, whose fault is that at that point, right? Like, they've had a you know, two-year lifespan on this game that's a purchase game. Like, the, I, Friday the 13th is a purchase game. And then there's this outside thing that makes it where, like, they can't they're – they're legally not allowed to patch the game anymore. That's well, and that I mean, we could. Get, I don't want to spend too too much time on this. In that example, not too much on that. Sorry. Uh, on, in that example, though, the game is not getting worse than it was when you purchased it. When you purchased it, it is still that game. And so, yes, they can't update well, it. But with it the bugs, like they can't patch bugs, man. Right, but when you bought it, they were there. So it's not the well, same. Quite, I, Christian, to your point, though, this may just be a semantic thing because. It's not like Overwatch transformed into Overwatch 2. Overwatch is gone. Yeah. Overwatch 2 is free and you can play it though. It's it's not it's a semantic argument. It's not like, oh, I turned on Overwatch and now it's Overwatch 2. That's not what happened. Overwatch, they shut it down and they have this other thing that just happens to be free and you can play it and your stuff will carry over. But it's 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 yeah. not it's not I like the game transformed the into Overwatch 2. Because that's also true. <laughs> I think that is a good way to put it or to look at it. I understand why they didn't, but yes, they are killing Overwatch and releasing yeah. this other game that has a lot of the same character. Right. <laughs> and you get all your skins. You get everything that you spent money on outside of the base game. 
Like that's crazy. I mean, it's it not, is a lot of dev work. It's to, like uh, you know NFL two K six servers shut down. Please play NFL two K nine. You know what and I mean? You can have all your sneakers come across. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And just that one happens to be free. I don't know. Uh, right. I don't. We're think, getting ranty. I don't. I, I honestly, Chris, I don't think yours is a very popular position. I think most people get very perturbed about this when they say, "I walked into a store, I purchased a thing, I brought it home. Now it doesn't exist." I think that is something that people don't like, and I understand why they don't like it. But it's kind of the reality of digital content in this world that we live in now. I just like if I go to a show, if I go experience uh, a musical concert. Like I get it. I pay the money to go experience it. If I go watch a movie in the theater, I pay it to, I I pay to experience those two hours. Right. But that's not how people think about a box that they bring home from the store. I know, but we got to level them up, man. That's, that's why (laughs) DLC exists. I I think the, the idea of like street fighter two becoming alpha is, you know, something like that seems apt to me of like, it's 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 a different thing, and yes, I know a lot of games change and update and and big ways, but it feels like this is a a misstep in messaging and not necessarily in giving players content in this new free to play game. But I do think it's a misstep in messaging that I think that could have been better served by we are sunsetting Overwatch, we are releasing Overwatch two for free. If you were in a and, and we're sunsetting Overwatch, Overwatch will give it give it some time right? Like 2023, October, 2023, we're going to turn off the Overwatch servers. Um, if you play Overwatch 2, which shouldn't it be called Overwatch 2, if you play Overwatch New Dawn and you were an original <laughs> Overwatch player, you will get all of your cosmetics from, and I think then it's a, like people are bummed that this game's getting turned off, but a celebration of this other thing. And I think, I think this is, you know, I don't think that that's <laughs> not what they're saying. I think that is what they're saying. They're, they're, they announced in October it now. And they just told you now. Yeah. You know, they're saying when Overwatch 2 launches on October 4th, it will be a replacement for the current live service. We're turning off three that months. one. Go. We're turning <laughs> on this one. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm curious what uh, our listeners think, because I have a feeling most of them disagree with Chris and me. That I have a feeling a- most of them are no longer playing Overwatch. Also true. I think, I think there's going to be a lot more people playing Overwatch 2 because it's free. How many years until uh, Big Daddy Bobby releases Overwatch Classic? You know, you mean Big <laughs> Big Daddy uh, Microsoft? You mean is that what you mean? Um, yeah, maybe Big Daddy Phil, and we Big get uh, Overwatch Classic. Whichever Big Daddy you're into, you know. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we got games to talk about. Let's get to the games that we have been talking about on the playlist. Ooh, to talk about the games that we have been playing and chris you have been playing a game that both christian and i have also been playing it is uh well i think uh, i don't think anybody pinned this as a big release of the year but it has turned into a big release i think of the certainly of the summer neon white which such a sleeper man total sleeper total sleeper i I mean when this got announced, I thought, oh, cool, cards and first-person shooter and discarding the card does something interesting. Well, that's clever and different and unique. And, you know, the aesthetic was kind of interesting. I, you know, it certainly jumped out to me whenever it was at whatever show that they showed this thing the first time. Um, but I didn't, I didn't 
think it would be capturing the internet intelligentsia in the in the way that it it seems to have. Are you a fan of Neon White? Oh, very, very much. I mean, it feels like a gamer's game. Like I, you know, I think I think it's it's worth starting there. Um, so Neon White, developed by Angel Matrix. Uh, ben Esposito is the director. He was the director of Donut County. I think that's an important distinction. Yeah, in it's it. basically the same game over again. Yep. Um, uh, and also Ben Esposito is one of the founder of Glitch City LA, which is also another one of my Patreons. Glitch City LA is a, um, a game dev co-op in Los Angeles and is phenomenal. Some of the rah-rah boom people are there as well. Um, but published by Annapurna, which like this, it, I mean, it just it completely meshes with Annapurna ga- games. Um, so gosh, I don't want to be the one to say what it is. Um, <laughs> it's basically it's, speed it's running platformer, first person, first person, uh, there's shooting, but it's not shooting is not the primary interaction you do with the world. The primary action you do with the world is platforming. And the way you do that is you collect cards that are interspersed throughout the world that have two functions. One of the functions is to be a weapon most often. And the other is in discarding that card and throwing that weapon away, basically has a different unique function. Sometimes it allows you to do a super jump. Sometimes it allows you to throw a grenade that'll do something interesting. But basically the discarding of the card, the giving up of the primary function allows a secondary function. But the goal throughout the game is to get through these platforming levels as quickly as you can to post your time to a leaderboard. But in order to get through them, you not only have to get to the end, which is usually, uh, you know, in, in some precarious location that involves jumping and leaping and double jumping and all that stuff, but also you have to eliminate all the demons on the level first. So sometimes... Uh, so because you you're a demon in hell. Yes. You're trying That's to, get, also to important. get to heaven, I think. Something like yeah. that. The, the, story, uh, uh, the story, not my favorite part of the game. I'll be honest. I, um, I, can we all just like everyone listening? Can, can you just feel thankful for how good Jeff is at explaining games? Because <laughs> man, it, it, it seems easy until you're on here and you're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to explain this game. Jeff, please explain the game. <laughs> and, he, and he does just, a, he murders it first time out. Um, yeah. So that's the game. Um, uh, the visual design can, oh my goodness, man. Like it, it's some of the most unique vision outside of the anime sort of cutscenes. Let's 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 you know put those aside for a second. But like the character design, it's it's essentially a white game with splashes of color um, in a way that that it just visually pops over and over and over again. Um, it also you know back to the heaven and hell thing. Like one of the things that are reminded me of is Good Omens, which is. Uh, book by neil gaiman and and terry pratchett that like just that sense of humor of like just super irreverent about sort of heaven and hell and all tongue-in-cheek and just very charming in that way anime as hell also anime as heck um is what i've meant to say there guys um uh in in regards to sort of the character interactions um one of the things I love about the game, so it's a speed running, you know, first person game. It it felt a lot like Portal in in the way that you're sort of figuring out your patterns and and how you're kind of solving the puzzle of getting there as quickly as possible. Um, and then Tony Hawk. So Portal meets Tony Hawk is is what I'm going to go with there on mm. on that. 
Um, absolutely love it. So curious to hear what you guys think. Christian, I know you've been a big fan of it too. I love it. I'm playing primarily on my Steam Deck, which is a fantastic way to play this game. It's on PC and Switch, and I've heard the Switch version runs great. I also need to give a shout-out to Brendan last week, who just talked about so many great games that when he talked about Neon White, I was like, well, this is just another great game. And I feel like he did a great job selling it, but he also could have sold I texted I was like, dude, you undersold me on Neon White. You talked about so many good games. It got lost in the shuffle of great games, and it is phenomenal on on their podcast i spent more time talking about it and i was like yes this is this is it this is this is this is the game it uh also is like jumping flash if you remember way back when and there's one of my favorites man old pole right there well they've talked about that it kind of started as a version of that and as a mech game where there was a button that would eject you out of your mech that they just kind of turned off and then it became this neon white the version that we're playing today. Jumping and Flash, uh, April 28th, 1995. PlayStation. PlayStation uh-huh. launch game. Yeah. It's a, uh, and I think I was super not interested in this when they showed it as a card game because th- those aren't my thing. And I was like, what's well, a CCG with the first person shooter? This, I don't know. This doesn't, but it, it, I don't know why they went with that card aesthetic. Because when you have the weapon, it displays as a card on the bottom of your HUD. But like you see a, a weapon in space, like it, it could have been anything. It didn't I have think to be it's the discarding thing. I think the discarding thing just makes sense when you like. I'm discarding this. Yeah, because then if you one of them is like an automatic gun, and then but when you discard it, it doesn't show the card land on the ground. You shoot a, a, an orb that then blows up and and like basically rocket jumps you. So it's not as if you you never see the card except for when you pick it up and then in your lower HUD. As you use it, it is a gun or a, a bomb or a you know a dash or you know all these things that it ends up being. But what I think makes the game so phenomenal is the way the mechanics start to layer on top of each other and the way that they built this game to work as a bumper trigger button game where jump is on the triggers. You can swap cards by using your bumper. You you fire by using a trigger, and then you use the alt by doing a bumper. So in a world where not all consoles have uh, back paddles, they've created this first-person game that keeps your thumbs on the sticks because it is fast-paced. But I don't want Classic people to think... BTB, oh, bumper, trigger, bumper, is what you're saying. So bumper, it's, a PTP, it's a BTB game. We should TM that. Uh, yeah, Classic that BTB. But for somebody else does. Um, and, and it is a speed running game, but it's also, and there are times that are set as goals, but it's, it's a replay a level game. Uh, someone in chat said it looks like a 3d Sonic. And I do think there's part of this Mm, that, yeah, neon white is the best 3d Sonic they've ever made because the first time you run through a space, I won't get the goal, but I figured out the level and I know what to do. And then that unlocks, you get to watch your ghost. So you get to compete against yourself. And then as you go through it again, you get the tips. The game will tell you like, hey, look over here, idiot. And you're like, oh, I can I can skip this whole course by doing this. And then you unlock gifts. So then when you're trying to find gifts, because it has this- Gifts, yeah, like present. Present, It's not yes, like not, you were saying like an image file. <laughs> No, not Graphics the peanut information butter. Information format. Not, not the peanut butter, sorry. Um, and Because and, it has a layer of like a Persona-esque, Catherine-esque, you know, anime dating sim yeah. light kind of layer on top of it. But finding those presents in the level, you're, you're not speed running at all. That is straight up more akin to Portal, where you're not going through teleportation devices, but you are 
hacking this level. Like you see it and it's like, that thing is right there, which is a place that is impossible to get to. The developers messed <laughs> up. Yep. This level and this course is, well, they are said, Oh, never mind. I just do this in this card and I find this card and I take the level to this. And there's no time limit on that. Right. Yeah, that's my favorite racing. part of the game, honestly. Oh, but as these levels, I don't know how far you all are into it, but the way it, and it's trite to say this, but like the way it teaches through gameplay, the new mechanics as it layers them on, even later levels, you know, I've had encounters where I'll hit a card and it will still pause and be like, this is what this card does. And I, that gets me excited where I'm like, oh, heck yes. Because I know three layers, three levels later, I'm going to be using that card in concert with a card from level one and a card with, and it's, you know, shift, bump, drop. And it's a type of game that now as I started playing it, it needs to be my main game because I need, it's rock band esque, right? Like the muscle memory, it's rhythm. And, and the yeah. rhythm of it. Yeah. I can't, I don't want to go back to like, Oh, maybe I will finish this one quest from Witcher three. I have it. No, all other games <laughs> off the table as I'm jamming my way through neon white. I am in love with this game i have been having fun with it as well i'm not quite as high on it as you guys but mostly that's that's a me thing in the sense that i am never a fan i just don't like speed running and i i don't like the fundamental feeling of racing against the clock it isn't that that kind of anxiety is not pleasurable to me that like ah i didn't do it oh, i'm gonna try it again and then doing a thing you know 400 times uh, to get it right to perfect the thing has never been my Did particular. You that many tries? Oh, it's only two. For... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like silver. That's fine. Bronze. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I mean, thank God there's not leaderboards, right? Like, <laughs> no, there is. Uh, I, for there are reason, leaderboards for some between reason, us. The, the only oh, person right. yeah. the, on yeah. my leader on my friend's leaderboard. I don't know why this is. I don't know why this is, but the only person on my friend's leaderboard when I was playing it uh, was Justin McElroy. <laughs> And I was like, if I beat Justin McElroy, I was very happy. <laughs> but I also wasn't going to play the, the level 400 times to beat Justin McElroy. I was like, oh, I, I did it in uh, I did it in 45 seconds and he did it in 13. Guess he's just going to have to take this one. <laughs> you know, I'm not getting to 13, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, uh, but there's a number think- of times where I beat Justin McElroy and I'm very happy about that. Uh-huh. I think that is like the as you play as a the the concept of the game, which I won't spoil as it on as the layers peel off. But the very beginning premise is that you are a sinner who's given an opportunity to remain in heaven by cleaning up demons from the low levels of heaven, and that's kind of your task. And by doing that, you get to remain in heaven instead of suffering. That's the that's the suicide squad. Game. So yeah, yes, yes. Um, but the, the devil in those details is that it is like I can play this. It, it runs only thirty seconds cut to two hours later, I have that same run down to 11 seconds, but it was two hours of me playing to get to 11 seconds. Meanwhile, my kids are like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, so am I. Let's go. <laughs> that's just, that's just not something I love in games. Like that, what you just described is not something I've ever gotten a lot of pleasure out of, of like honing, perfecting, doing the same thing over and over until I get it right. Like that's, that's not, you what, didn't rollerblade. Jeff, <laughs> I roller skated. Yeah. I roller skated quite a lot. <laughs> uh, but there was always something new around the bend. Um, oh, there yeah. they are. We're getting a little peek of them. Oh, the flexione <laughs> there. Uh, the uh, th- my favorite parts of Neon White are are the puzzle solving parts of it. Like the the pu- the the portal side of it is super 
pleasurable and super fun for me is, is how do I get there? What do I do? What combination of cards? How, what do I have to hold on to? What do I have to discard? Oh, that little nook over there corner I didn't even see. Oh, I can jump over there. Oh, I can skip this whole part if I do that. Oh, but there's a demon back there. I can spin in the air and, and, and shoot it as I go this direction. Like all that fun stuff is, is very, very cool and very well done. It's just, I'm not the guy who's going to spend try time after time after time shaving seconds off my time. I just not something I like doing. Do you feel like the game's for you? No, no. And that's fine. It's totally fine. I, I appreciate the game. The other thing is I'm not super into the, into the narrative of it or the aesthetic, particularly like in the, in the cutscenes and stuff. It's not, not, I'm not an anime guy either. You know, it, it, it definitely not a game for, that was made with me in mind and that's fine. Um, I, <laughs> it didn't take me too long to go. That little thing in the upper left that lets me fast forward through the, <laughs> I'm going to try it, but it's fun because it's, it's not like skip cutscene. It literally is like putting a VCR on fast forward. And it's funny where I go, okay, I'm going to put it on fast forward. Wow. It's uh, it's still going. it's still going (laughs) it's uh there's a lot of wow it's still going (laughs) so i mean it's a small part in the grand scheme of things but it is a chunk of the game if you want to engage in you know that uh dating sim is overstating it but the relationship manager of the game i will say and i have not finished it so maybe it does become increasingly difficult and chris maybe if you've gotten to a point where i'm not you can correct me if i'm wrong i do find that the times are not prohibitive for advancement oftentimes to get that fastest time it's solving the puzzle of the level like doing the level the direct way that you see at first will only get you so far and then you're finding those mario kart shortcuts so i'll spend a lot of time on a level before i attempt a platinum run you know i will sit there and solve it and it's and then also it shows you a shortcut and it's like oh i just need to do that and then once i figure that out the 14 second, you know, Justin run <laughs> is hopefully within reach. Well, the game is exploration. The game, yeah, the, the game is so much more exploration than anything else, right? Like, but, but to, to be able to do that, you have to do the same level over and over and over and over again. And I fully understand that not being fun for some people, but like the speed, the, the, the sort of timestamp isn't, the the motivating factor of playing it it's the exploration of getting to that timestamp do, yeah. do you understand that that sort of delineation oh absolutely yeah no 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 yeah. I, I dig that in fact that's where i give the game the most credit is it really feels like it's innovating in that regard mm-hmm. that uh other games that have asked me to do something quickly or or you know hone it it didn't feel like there was a game in that other than get better at doing the basic stuff in our game you know there's mm-hmm. lots of stuff even in um you know there's uh titanfall 2 comes to mind there's sections in titanfall 2 where you can go and do the and it's just like hey how fast can you slide jump shoot like, how good is your aim all of the stuff that is sort of the fundamentals of playing the game it's just asking you to do all of that really really well instead of going there's actually a game here a different game than the basic mechanics of of our game it's a puzzle and when you solve that puzzle as christian said that unlocks a shorter time for you it's not just that you are honing your skill set it's that you are literally looking for the secret here 
And I think that's a really cool innovation and something I I think can carry forward into other types of this can be its own kind of subgenre, I think. And and I agree. and with the the whole like have a have an item, discard an item, those do different things. That feels really innovative too, because it's a wonderful push and pull of a, what is the most useful form of this item? What is the most useful implementation of this item? And I think that's a really cool thing to play with as well. Yeah, which one's the mental key to unlock this puzzle box that right. will help me you know, get through yeah. this thing? I honestly um, wish it was a little bit more freeform in that way that there wasn't a solution so far as there were, were numerous solutions. You know, I wish, I, I think the next iteration of this idea can be much more, um, give the player much more le- ability to improvise its way through or, or discover your own, oh, well, I can do this, we'll do that. And I'm sure, as I say that, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who actually figure stuff like that out with this game, but I think th- there could be more room for it to be more sandboxy than it is. Do you guys do this? I have a question. So I often view games in, through the lens of Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> we certainly bring that up a lot on this show. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, in the sense Where it's of, like, oh, go ahead. <laughs> there's so many games that I play and I'm just like, yes, and now and now throw money at it and and put, you know, 50 more people on it and and it will become the thing. Right. That was in the pitch presentation at the start. <laughs> well, you'll see that a lot. You'll see the, you know, I, I feel like there are these games like uh, Loop Hero and Vampire Survivor and, and, and these wonderful indie titles where somebody's like, I have a very fresh idea here. Some novel take that no one's seen before. And then you'll see more bigger budgets and, and refinement and somebody will take that and really run with it and do something. I mean... I feel like uh, there's nothing coming to mind right now, but I feel like we've seen that over and over and over again with, you know, these indie titles that have done something really cool and different. And then you see those likes, you know, it's like you just see that over and over again. But I want to see more indie sequels, man. I'm so Mm. bummed that Jonathan Blow went from Braid to The Witness Mm. and we never got to see Braid 2. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe he, he would argue that he did that idea, yeah, I think like that idea was done in Braid. Sometimes is okay, okay, Fez, okay, Fez was made, and uh... <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, we spent a lot of time on Neon White, but I think it deserves it. It's it's really a really cool, interesting game. Uh, but what else is on your playlist, Chris? Okay, I'm gonna do one more because I I know we're going long, so I'm gonna skip. Uh, uh, wait, I, I lost. I'm gonna skip Sniper Elite Five. I'm gonna skip Capcom Fighting Collection, but those are both games that I'm playing that are very fun. Uh, and I'm going to talk <laughs> about Magic the Gathering Arena. Okay. <laughs> there, there may be some who question your skip talk about decision, but uh, yeah. no, I'm, I'm curious. But if I, I, I'm assuming we're talking long, so I got one more game to talk about. Go for this it. is the game that I want to talk about. So oh, yeah. I made the worst decision of my life, fellas. <laughs> I opened a comic book shop bar four doors down from the Guy Lee Games office. Best decision of my life, though. By the way, yeah, so. it's worked out for you. But but um, it, the, so what what ruined me is we carry magic, and so I after ten years of not playing Magic the Gathering, loving Hearthstone, right when yeah. it came out and enjoying that, um, I got sucked way into Magic the Gathering again, um, just full on 
yep, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy, you know, two booster boxes whenever, whenever a new set comes out, blah, 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 blah. It's all terrible. And I do it most, oh, I'm just, I'm just, you know, paying patronage to my comic book shop. Uh, <laughs> hey, great, we had a great, really good month this month. A really, really good month this month. Um, thanks to our owner who bought everything. Again. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I am the number one buyer <laughs> at the comic book shop. That is true. And funny. Um, Cosmic Gorilla, by the way, if you're in Cincinnati. Um, but uh, so then, but then I realized I had no one to play with because I don't have any friends. And um, <laughs> so the physical game, so I'm like constructing all these decks. It's amazing. And I'm like, okay, like I can't wait to do this vampire deck uh, on this person. And, you know, I have a demon deck here and I just, I just want like a hot deck. And I'm like starting to research meta decks more than I should, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, oh, there's no one that wants to play with me. Like I like literally every person I know is 40 and is like, bro, we did that when we were in middle school. We're moving on. <laughs> and my kids are like just young enough that they're like Pokemon still their jam. So I'm in this, I'm in this like really weak spot of like, man, I want to play it every single day. And I have, I have uh, no one to play with. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll download magic arena thinking it's, the trash that I played 10 years ago, like, like just genuinely thought it was just like the JPEGs of the magic cards sort of moving around on a, on a spreadsheet primarily. And, um, and Oh man, uh, they've built an, an amazing, wonderful game. You have to be willing to spend, you know, a decent chunk of cash at minimum. I highly recommend they have a battle pass now where like when they have a new season, you're, you're, you're getting a battle pass and you get, I don't know, something like $200 worth of cards by the end of the battle pass. So you're getting a pack sort of every level or every other level, that kind of thing, um, which is this cool sort of like progression system that's happening in the game. Um, and then you can, have, there's a rank system where like, yeah, I'm going to go my terrible human uh, <laughs> person is like, yeah, I want the meta decks. Like show me what the meta decks are. And they're like, oh, to buy all these cards, you're probably going to spend like 150 bucks, which is still cheaper than buying them in, in physical form. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And so I buy all the meta decks. And so I start ranking on meta decks and that's this, its own sort of like fun, wonderful progression for me, wonderful progression system. Cause I'm like, how far can I take this meta deck? And then they have this system this daily system where like you earn earn currency every day completing one quest. What I love about it, it's one quest, one thing you have to do every day and not 50. There's not 20 challenges. There's not, you know, you have a season, you have 30 challenges you have to complete in the season, blah, 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 one quest. And it's, it's literally like cast 30 red spells well, I don't have a red meta deck. <laughs> so I get to go make a green or a, a, a you know, a red meta deck or, or whatever. And so like it flipped as somebody that's played magic almost since it's, I started playing when I was 12 years old. I'm 40 now do the math. Um, almost since the start, uh, it, it, it changed the way that I play magic in general. Now I'm making decks for the quests. Right. And, and like with whatever cards they give me, like I'm not worried about buying more or going meta. I'm like, oh, I have this angel deck. I wonder if I can complete this quest with this angel deck. And so I have, I wait, I, I swear to God, guys, I wake up every single morning, I get my coffee, uh, I take my antidepressants, and then, um, and then I 
play whatever the the magic quest is and and it's 15 minutes of my day and it is you know it some days not all days some days it's the highlight of my day and just just if if you love card games if you love magic uh if you you've enjoyed hearthstone but you feel like you're you're spending too much money there blah 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 man download it try it out they give you a ton of decks for free you can absolutely play this game free to play um i'm having an absolute blast with it and i feel like it's forgotten i feel like a lot of us kind of forgot that it existed and um it's it's phenomenal i I jump between desktop ipad and iphone they're all insanely well sort of um uh what's the ux is incredible between all three of them um high highly recommend it i know it's a weird recommendation but man i'm having so much fun i love it and i love hearing your passion about it i mean it is and is it I think magic is bigger than it has ever been uh, right now. And uh, yet you're right. Uh, very few people talk about it with, uh, with, you know, I guess less and less you hear people talk about Hearthstone, but it, there's a lot of collectible card games. Magic, of course, the, the granddaddy of them all. Uh, Insane and, uh, clown posse still talking about magic all the time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm in there. I'm not far from their, their you know, sort of user base. <laughs> How does that work? Uh. That's awesome. That's awesome. Magic the Gathering Arena. You heard it here. Well, not first, but... Uh, <laughs> Definitely not first. I mean, it's like, a, a, I don't know, 10-year-old game? A 2018, probably, I think it came out. You probably did hear about it here first, but then also now again. Jeff, I'm sure we talked about it either here on We Can Confirm. I'm sure we covered it. I will and tell you, um, Magic the Gathering Online. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Sponsored the Totally Rad Show in 2008. Like they sponsored my show in 2008. I bet you I watched that episode. Yeah. I mean, by the way, hard for people to remember, nobody was playing magic then. It was this thing that like they were trying to get people back into. Now it owns the world. And there's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it literally not to say anything about your store, but it literally keeps stores open. Uh, oh, a liquor keeps hand. my store open. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very, very cool story you got there. Uh, <laughs> Christian Spicer, anything else on your playlist other than Neon White? Oh, my friend, guess who's ready for the Horizon for Bitter West spoiler talk? This guy. Did you finish it? This guy's been playing it in secret, and you hadn't known. Been playing it this whole time. Are you going to finish it before me? I'm 70 hours in. You finished it? I rolled those credits, dude. That patch came out. Unbelievable. this is it. Surprise, Jeffrey. I got to finish it now. I did. I just did the last. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm right at the end. I'm on the West Coast. But I just did the last um, the last survey drone and black box. Mm-hmm. Like, did you do all that crap? I didn't do. Well, you called it crap. You put the words there. I'll take them. Um, I did not do all of that. You I'm doing everything, be, baby. Yeah, you will be more hours in than I am. But I will say that this patch they put out, I talked about it before, how like for me playing here on my, you know, HDR 4K computer kind of setup, be like closer to it before a 60 FPS mode, like everything was shimmery. And I was like, is this just me? Uh, I don't like it. This patch they put out fixes all of those. The performance mode at 60 FPS is incredible. It totally fixed all the graphical issues I had with the game. I cannot, I kind of want to play it on Sony. Send me a PS4 copy. I want <laughs> I don't want to buy it, but I want to see it on PS4. I can't believe that it exists on that console. It is stunning. And everything else that I want to say, I, I, I feel like I need to save 
for uh, spoiler chat because I I'm so excited. I didn't know this I was have, happening. I, th- I, gotta, I know. I got to buckle down and finally finish this. Game. I've been slow rolling Why this did, game because I was like a Patreon only podcast. If you ask me, I mean, it was I have like, to be. I think it was like two or three weeks ago. And I said something. I was like, Jeff, are you still playing? Because I was. I was trying to see. I was like, I think I can do this because things pull me away clearly. I can't believe it has you finished been, it before I did. It had been my, you know, well, everybody's asleep. Let's. And I was so nervous that you were gonna because I kept seeing it on peek behind our curtain. We have a show doc which we talk about, and I kept seeing it on your thing because I know you're playing it. And I was like, the heat is on. Wow, you erased me. I didn't even know I was being raced. I I neon I neon whited you, baby. I found the shirt. You're you're Justin McElroy. Pull off your mask. I'm, I'm on the Justin Justin McElroy the whole time. Um, Let's do it. The uh, I, 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 so this week I'm going to try to finish it because I, I I've been slow rolling. I've been doing everything. I've been doing every side quest, every little thing. Like I said, I've been doing survey drones and black boxes. <laughs> like I never do that kind of stuff in games, but I love being in this world so much. I, honestly, spoiler for our eventual discussion, which may maybe next week. This is in my top games of all time. Well, I, spoiler I love it for so our much. spoiler for our favorite game of the year discussion. Unless God of War comes out, I think this is going to be our most divisive year, my friend. I am so <laughs> in, indies have captured my heart in such a big way this year that yeah. like I can't I can't wait. But I I really want to talk about. I can say this generally about the game. This is not a spoiler at all there were moments in the game. I think the moments that impressed me the most were the moments where I honestly was doing the least and just took in a Vista, which I so rare. I found myself playing horizon forbidden West uh, and parts of it where I was the E3 demo person, you know, like I'd walk into <laughs> yeah. an area and like pan to look up at the thing and the dad at the boot. And then I'd jump into the water just to dive into the water. It's <laughs> so like, incredible, man. And all of the biomes that you get to are so well well realized i mean it's it it, like you're in the misty redwoods of of california and and you're in like sandy desert of nevada and you're in the snowy peaks you know it's it of tahoe or whatever it is it's it's amazing one of my favorite this is all i will say i will not you will not go any more out of me on this it is one of my favorite takes of vegas that i've seen in a very long time that's section chef's kiss chef's kiss uh, on it, on your table that you made yeah where you serve it's, that it's, delicious it's, meal it's, it's it's game to table fresh <laughs> <laughs> all right uh i'm glad you, i i'm shocked and delighted that you that you uh i thought there was going to be one of those games that i was gonna always say god christian i wish you'd play that and now you have look at that i i will disappoint you at our favorites of the year and i'll be like it's your fault you made it five games jeff and i have like a demo that i played for a minute i'll be like i really liked it <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of demo it was a great transition uh-huh. um uh-huh. i played a couple of those uh those those their uh id at xbox demos that they had a whole week of uh i had I played a bunch of them actually but there's only a couple that i'm gonna bring up uh the first uh because i slagged it and 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 spoke askance of it it was a a it was a, a punchline of a joke. I figured I, I might as well actually play Metal Hellslinger, Hellsinger, Metal Hellsinger. Uh, you know, since it was a free demo, uh, I was like, you know what? I'd made a joke that it's uh, not a game for me. And so maybe, uh, maybe I'll give it a chance. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Not a game for me. But uh, 
I did. Uh, I did play uh, the demo on uh, on my I've Xbox. Heard great things for people who it is for. I've heard people yeah. saying like the the music pulls them through and they can't stop playing. Like it it is that thing where the music adds that layer of like this feels. I'm doing what I've been doing for so long, left trigger, right trigger, but this really blends it together with that rhythm music in a fresh way. But I have I have not played it. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear that because I didn't feel that. But okay, um, more power to the people that dig it. And I I have actually heard it's pretty popular. It's. I think by far the most popular of those ID at Xbox demo downloads. I think it got the mm-hmm. most, it certainly had the most ratings when I saw it, like by a factor of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's definitely got an audience. It very much feels like uh, trying to do Doom, like the most recent Dooms, the the rebooted Dooms, uh, with with that added layer of of, of rhythm game. Well, there's Doom, which is more of a suspense game, and then there's Dooms, which is the action yeah, game, and then exactly Doom Dooms Three. We don't talk about it. it went through several different developers. The director of Dooms Three, though, went on to make some amazing movies. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I I uh, I found it to not be super fun to have to like shoot on the rhythm. Like that didn't add anything to me when you're in huh. When you're playing a game like Doom, which is super kinetic, super fast paced, super fun, I really like that reboot of Doom. And you feel when the music, you know, amps up and you're in it and you're in those arenas and you're like, yeah, you feel like you're in the music. You feel like you're you're propelled forward by it. But to like have to do that doesn't huh. add fun to me. It doesn't to be to get off of that and be like, nah, you didn't do very good or or and, and have this like reticule on the center of the screen like Metal Hellslinger does to like show you. And it just did it huh. just doesn't didn't work for me. More power to the people that dig it. Uh but I'm glad I got a demo because cool way to find out. Um another game that, that I another demo I played that I thought was interesting is a game called Brock the Investigator. I pronounce it that way because he's a alligator uh and it's uh it's a play on words see uh what do you call uh a uh, detective in a vest an invest or uh alligator in a vest an investigator whatever uh okay Bro- <laughs> we got it we're, uh, are you a dad <laughs> like are you actually a dad? turns out um so brock the investigator have you guys heard of this game it's a really interesting concept it it, it, it they uh talk about it as the first punch and click game so it's a 2D side-scrolling game that looks uh, looks like Saturday morning cartoon. I, I really dig the aesthetic. Uh, anthropomorphized animals in an in an animal world, uh, and you play a, a, a grizzled detective. Uh, very sort of faux noir, you know, tongue-in-cheek noir. Um, and it's a point-and-click adventure game until you press the Y button, and then it's a side-scrolling brawler. It's both at the same time, anytime you want. So sometimes you're solving puzzles and finding the right item to click on and and doing that. And other times you're just pummeling things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles style. And it's both back. It's not like one level of this and one level of that. It's anytime you want, you toggle back and forth. And sometimes you need to do one thing and sometimes you need to do the other thing. And it happens you know, you'll you'll solve a puzzle and it'll make some a robot come alive and you gotta beat up the robot. Um, it's a pretty clever idea. I think it's a it's a fun mashup of two very different things that happen to be happen to share a visual style and so can just transition seamlessly back and forth between each other. 
Um, I, I, the voice acting I found to be a little off-putting and the game didn't completely click with me into the sense I'm like, I can't wait till this game comes out. I'm going to buy it. I didn't get that sense, but I did. I was, I was impressed by the innovative combination of the two, two genres. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a clever, uh, clever thing. And maybe if I played the game beyond the demo, it would get deeper and even more interesting. But, uh, I just liked, I liked the big swing that it took. It's like, Hey, look, you can do both of these games at once. So that's Brock, the investigator. And that is my playlist. We did get a, uh, an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com from somebody that wanted to uh, lend their own review. Uh, Alex wrote us saying, uh, hi, I'm a longtime listener and I recently played a game I think might be worth a try. It's Hard Space Shipbreaker, a game where you are in the not-too-distant future and need to break apart ships for a mega corporation. Made by Blackbird Interactive, the team behind the upcoming Homeworld 3, it is a truly novel experience. Take the giant mega corporation of a game like Outer Worlds, the physics from Outer Wilds, the visual language of the Homeworld series, the Western space music of Starcraft, and a series of increasingly larger ships to salvage, and you've basically got hard space shipbreaker. The typical gameplay loop consists of you waking up in your ship habitat and heading out to salvage your chosen ship. You owe your corporate overlord about a billion and a half credits, so you need to salvage as much of the ship as possible. You float in zero G towards your chosen project and need to use a variety of tools such as a cutter and a grappler to slowly remove the outer hull piece by piece. The task is slightly complicated amongst the other things by the occasional occasional flammable gas tank and electrical hazards. <laughs> Once you have cut the points joining parts of the ship together, they list away slightly out of loss of cohesion. You need to sort them into the correct processing area to get paid. It was incredibly satisfying to be left with only the skeleton of a ship and then to cut that into pieces, which I could then also send to be processed. In the end, nothing is left but credits. With all this, since the future is hell, you need to pay for all your repairs, your suit's oxygen, for your consumable tethers and explosives. And if you die, slight spoilers, your corporate masters will clone you and inhabit the copy with all your memories for, subs for a substantial fee, of course. It's an excellent game, and it's on Game Pass, so it's worth a try. Kindly, Alex. Thank you for that review, Alex. I actually noticed Hard Space Shipbreaker on Game Pass, and I almost downloaded it, but I never got around to it. Sounds, sounds pretty cool and pretty clever. And chat, an example, as we saying, were talking about earlier, of Zero-G being fun in yeah. games. The P-squared in chat says, specifically for you, Jeff, that there is a, a, a mode with no timer. There is a timer mode and a no timer mode. <laughs> no so, timers. And no timers. all timers is my official political pitch. As it's next vote for me. Vote. Games with timers. Vote for me. I'll end all timers. See, I'll end all timers if you vote for me. The next words out of Jeff's mouth are, and that's the time for the show this week. Oh uh, yes, uh, time is oh, up. God, that would have been phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I'll end all timers. Time's up for this episode <laughs> of DLC. Thanks again to Chris Bergman and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Oh, hey, we got we got parting gifts coming up. Stick around for those. We got a little extra time. Stick around. Uh, but uh, thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star. 
Uh, I'm doing that early, actually, because I want to say, uh, Chris, uh, tell us, tell the folks where they can uh, keep up with you and all the cool things that you are doing with Guyly Games. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. So at Guyly Games on Twitter and Instagram, read our webcomics. I will ask. So I, I don't think people understand, like, and and it'll be a while till they see it, but like, a, all of this exists because of DLC and, and, you know, some, and totally rad show and a couple other things. And we can oh. confirm, uh, I, I DJed with, uh, Garnett Lee at PAX, by the way, I just, I've, I want, I want to name drop that beautiful, wonderful Swedish now man. Um, <laughs> but like it, it, I, you know, as, as I come on the show year like once a year ish, um, I don't think people realize that like it's guided sort of my own life trajectory and and the things that I wanted to make and like ultimately when the game comes out it's a culmination of all the work that you guys have done for years and years and years and years and I hope there's other people out there that are listening that are like hey this also inspired me to do things so I just hope you both know that you're an inspiration for Guyly Games in particular and um and yeah, and people can see that on our Twitter and Instagram at Guyly Games or GuylyGames.com, G-Y-L-E-E. My kids' names are Guy and Lee. It's a lazy branding exercise, <laughs> whatever. Um, beyond that, uh, I did I did DJ at PAX. I'm going to DJ at PAX West as well. Um, uh, follow me on MixCloud.com slash DJ if you want to hear the mixes that I do. And follow me on Twitter at Chris Bergman. Um, if you're in Cincinnati and you want to play our game early and you want to be a play tester, uh, hit me up. Um, I've done this in the past, made some good friends from it. Um, uh, you know, we're we're pretty open as far as like people that are passionate about video games and uh, making video games, especially. And and yeah, we want to we want to support anyone in our area. So come, like, reach out to me. I will I will schedule time with you. I promise. That is awesome. And an incredibly sweet thing for you to say uh, about uh, about this show. And and I'm glad that, you know, one of us got uh, employment out of it. Give it time, Jeff. <laughs> Jeez. Just, I kid. I kid. Uh, I'm really uh, I'm really excited to see. Uh, see the game when it when it uh, when it comes out, I'm, I'm excited to hear more and, and rooting for you uh, every step of the way. You're an awesome guy and, and a great friend. So. I, I will send it. you a build if you just if you're just curious. I'll send you a build. That is completely up to you. I will play that build. And okay, play whatever cool. whatever you like. Give all oh. the feedback to Christian. <laughs> the writing <laughs> sucks. Well, I will. I'll say this: that Jeff, the reason I've been doing this show for eight years is I just transcribe everything you say, and then I'm like, I wrote this really compelling narrative, and they're like, this sounds like a review of a video game. I'm like, we'll we'll change that. Change what he's saying about God of War to your game. It's very captivating. Why does this just guy write about VR so much? <laughs> I do think, um, just to say it, man, I mean, you, you, the video game industry is such a intimidating thing, I think, for so many people. And so I come on the show to try to give some some level of transparency. And I think you guys do a really good job of giving transparency and, like, I think what people have to remember is everyone making video games is just a person. Yeah. Yeah. Just a person that wanted to do a thing. And so if you want to make video games, you can't, it's, if, it's just if, figuring it out. Yeah. If you're a person, if you're, if you're a human being. Yeah. And now, you know what? Unfortunately, do that. yeah. A lot of people, it doesn't seem to be the case that they are. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Chris, right, I'm done with my rant. No, Love I appreciate that very much, Chris. You're, you're very kind to say all that stuff. And, and, and I appreciate your transparency. And, and it's awesome having you on. We're going to have you on more often. Uh, Christian, what do you got going on this week? I write a newsletter about video games. Uh, I usually do one or two a month. It's called Let's Chat Games. Um, and you can subscribe to it for free at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. Um, I also do videos of this show. And uh, you can check those out as a patron of this show at patreon.com slash DLC pod. Uh, it's good. People like the video. People say, people have told me, all my friends, all the people, all the people are saying, uh, the video is nice. People enjoy the video. So You're check it a, out. Hey, I should say it more often, Christian. You're doing a, a great job on the video. It's not just, it's not just, you know, the video feed. You, you put a lot of work in energy into it. it it looks great it's got added uh context of of the games that we talk about there's video of the games so if you haven't checked out the vod uh please do christian's awesome and hey maybe consider supporting the show and becoming a patron you'll get the whole backlog of vod you can check out uh by going to patreon.com slash dlc pod you can also get ad free episodes and an entire bonus show called paid dlc which is awesome Lana, and this is a perfect Christian time to to say this is as as my three person crop. After Chris stopped talking, he slid right out of camera as we're talking about. Uh, yeah. Christian puts the a video lot of energy produced. into it. Unfortunately, our <laughs> guest just not so much. Just slid. <laughs> you just rolled right. You're like, and I'll stop my rant, and it just rolls right <laughs> out of frame. <laughs> Jeff, what about you, man? What can uh, what can you tell us about this week? Unlike last week, where you teased us, with, or maybe that was Wednesday's show, where you're like, "I don't know if I can talk about this, but I'm talking about it." It was hoops. I'll talk about it. For oh, you. oh yeah. Well, uh, what do you got going on, my friend? Um, I uh, I do other shows. I got the uh, We Have Concerns, which is a comedy science show I do with Anthony Carboni. You may know him as the host of the Thor Red Carpet or Star Wars Celebration. He also hangs out with me, who is neither of those things. <laughs> uh, and we talk about Yet science. Handsomer. Which one? Weirdly, yet handsomer. Oh, uh, I think you mean older. Older. No, 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 no. More gorgeous? You're Obi Obi Wan 10 years from now, Jeff. You look great. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah, Carboni's a pretty handsome dude. Um, He is a handsome dude. Yeah. Yeah. That just says more about you. (laughs) (laughs) I will take it. Uh, We have concerns, is where you find that. Um, Good stuff. We talked about the, uh, the AI being sentient or not recently. Very fun episode. Uh, so check that out. We have concerns.com. Uh, also the film cast uh, talking about movies and TV shows. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about Thor very soon. Uh, this week we are talking about what, 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 what are we talking about? Oh, um, uh, Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Uh, I don't remember what we're talking. Oh no. It's uh, we're talking about the black phone, the black phone this week. Uh, horror movie. Um, so check that out, the film cast. Um, yeah. If I may, what I love about the film cast is I often go back to episode, like after I watch something, that's one of the things that I go back to regularly to sort of digest. Like what I appreciate about the film cast in particular is like I'll consume something and have a ton of thoughts and like wish I could talk to somebody. And again, I don't have friends. So like I have nobody to talk to about it. And so like the film cast is my friend group where I can go and listen to their. So there's often times where like, I'll go through so, like people listening, watch a thing, go search if the film cast talked about it, because if they did, you're just going to have a great sort of post mortem on the thing you just consumed. 
awesome. Especially it- because Dave's wrong most of the time. And that's oh, per- and always one, one of them true. you get to yell at, you know, like, oh, it, and then someone else you'll agree with. And they're like, yeah, Devinter gets it. And then he'll say something stupid. And I'm like, oh, there's no one on my side here. You know, it's so, so good. Well, thank I you. I yell at it all the time. Well, what I did to deserve all this love today. I appreciate you guys. Uh, all right. Let us uh, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Chris, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do. Um, so as I mentioned, I own a comic book store now, which is a weird feeling. I co-own. Co-own's important. Um, but uh, so I, so I'm consuming just an, an, a massive amount of comic books. Awesome. Um, uh, some that I want to mention. Gideon Falls I just finished. It is a horror story. It is so good. So, so good. I don't want to say anything about it. There's a black barn that's scary. It's phenomenal. Um, Undiscovered Country. Undiscovered Country is super interesting and weird. It's like the kind of weird that I really love. Essentially, the premise is like in the 1990s, America like walled off anybody else from entering America. And now it's today. It's 30 years later. And like there's six diplomats that go in to see what happened to America. And it's phenomenal as well. Um, Also, Saga. Jeez, if you guys like possibly one of the best series that exists in in real time currently. And then the other one, this one. So I haven't read this, but I've been my wife told me to say this. she works at the comic book shop. Sometimes she told me to say this. So I got to say it. She loves her NSFW adult comics. And uh, one of her favorites is called Faithless. Mm. Um, And I think it's demons doing stuff together. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. She's forced it upon me, um, but she told me to to suggest that as well. So there's a, a, a few comics that can like Gideon Falls is easy to find on Amazon um, for sure. I know for a fact. I actually got the first volume on Amazon. I don't know for like twenty bucks. Um, Undiscovered Country, uh, Undiscovered Country, and Saga. I'm not actually Saga. I know is easy to find too, but like those are some great uh, it, comics. Aren't superheroes anymore, guys? I don't yeah. know if you knew this. Um, but there's a ton of other amazing stories that are happening in comic books. And like, I highly recommend people sort of dive in and figure out what those are for them. Movies are superheroes. Comics are what movies used to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, yes, uh, uh, again, that's uh, Gideon Falls, Undiscovered Country Saga and Faithless. Faithless. Yeah. Yep. And, but hey, support your uh, friendly local comic book store. Yeah, buy physical. Please yeah. buy physical, man. I mean, the the whole Amazon buying, what is it? Uh, help me out, Christian. I know you know. Comicsology? No comment. I'm not allowed to comment yeah. on this. Oh, no, I'm not going to get crapped oh, by this. Where's Sean? <laughs> uh, Comicsology. Amazon. Comicsology has been officially rolled into Amazon. It is not a standalone thing anymore. And it's very bad. So. Buy physical. Buy, I don't. I don't care. Like buy it from Amazon. I don't care. But go line your shelves with paper comic books, please, because it's so much better. Yeah. All right, Christian. What is on your or, or your parting gift? Uh, I don't think there is a film cast for this. It is that old. Um, but uh, it's a film without limits, which came out in 1998. It is Billy Crudup. Uh, Doc. Uh, 
Donald Sutherland, and it is a Robert Town directed, also written. He wrote Chinatown, arguably the greatest screenplay of all time, or one of. Um, and this is the story. It's the biopic of Steve Prefontaine, who was a uh, cult sensation distance runner out of Oregon back in the day, uh, Munich Olympic time. And it is the story of him and also uh, Donald Sutherland plays, um, uh, oh gosh, my track credential, Bill Bowerman, the co-founder of Nike. And it's kind of, they came up together as Bill Bowerman made a shoe lighter and better than what was around back then. And, and Steve Prefontaine was a big reason behind that. It is an incredible film. There's another film called Pre, which I don't think is as good, but I fell back into rewatching this as I was watching um, the morning show on Apple TV plus. And I love, I love Billy Crudup. I don't know if he has skeletons in his closet. I hope not. I'm not he's aware the, of them. By far the best part of the morning show. He's the best part of everything he's in. I yeah. love him. And this is a younger him, 1998. And he plays an incredible Steve Prefontaine. If you are a runner at all found it late in life, I think you will find this incredible and inspiring. And if you just like that sports, biopic story of someone fighting for good um back in the day when steve prefontaine ran olympic athletes were not paid they were exploited in uh, a big way and he was a big part of the change behind that it is an incredible story it's called without limits is a great film version of it in my opinion donald sutherland i forget if he won awards or was nominated um but again robert town a phenomenal writer and it's his script um it's called without limits it's an old film hope you love it I'm going to do a music recommendation for my parting gift this week. Uh, you've heard me and Christian both uh, talk at length about our love for The Midnight. Uh, before I fell in love with The Midnight, my synth retro band of choice, and still one of my favorite bands ever, Stars. If you've not heard of Stars, oh, ho, ho, I, am I about to blow your mind? Uh, a Canadian band, been around many, many years, uh, decades, in fact. Uh, they just put out a new album called From Capleton Hill, and it is excellent. They have not lost a step. Uh, this is an album that was entirely created uh, during COVID, and so it is melancholy and introspective and beautiful, but it also has soaring uh, dance hooks and and just, I mean, it's their their style of uh, beautiful, melodic synth pop. Um, I love it. I love stars. Uh, their album heart is still one of my favorite albums of all time, but their new album from Capleton Hill is uh, exquisite. Check it out from Capleton Hill by stars stars, uh, a band would be larger. I think if they had, a better SEO in their name. <laughs> it's hard to find stars on any, cause it'd be like, Oh, uh, there's lots of stars uh, bands. No, uh, this is a, an amazing band. All right. We also got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to us a DLC feedback at gmail.com. This was sent to us by Lance. who goes by hot slag on the Twitch chat. Lance says, uh, summer games done quick starts on Sunday or as you're listening to this, start head on Sunday. A full week's worth of speed runs. It's always for a great cause. This time around, it's Doctors Without Borders. Tuning in live is always fun because of the great commentaries during the run. In between runs, the hosts give you a feeling of being part of the action. Plus, this year is their first time back as a live event. So it should be that much more entertaining this time. Thanks for all you do, Lance. 
We are big fans of uh, Games Done Quick. Even as I talked about speed running up for me, I certainly love watching it. Woo! <laughs> speed running is so much fun to watch. And uh, Summer Games Done Quick is always a great time. And as uh, Lance points out, for a great cause. So check it out. Uh, it is all week long this week if you're listening to us uh, as this comes out. All right. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com. We love getting those parting gifts from folks. But that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. As I said, thanks again, Chris Bergen and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star. Our theme song was composed by White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and Christian, or, <laughs> Christian Spicer. No, Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold, uh, <laughs> who made that. Uh, and we do need to thank uh, our top-tier patrons, our hype-trained patrons. Thank you, patrons. All right. Now is the time to thank our hype train patrons. Jason Novak, Clifton Satterfield, Octavian Razzini, Taylor Wiggert, Christian Bravery, Jeff, Josh Peak, Peter Olberg, Nick, Sleg the Watashimi Henning, Michael Stadler, Jackson, Michael Buck, Travis, Michael Lombardo, Soren Silk, Spiceman Silencer, Albert of the Stuff and Junk Show Podcast, Yick, Zachary White, Jonathan Spiceman Forever Schleffer, Stu Goss, Nate, Jenny, Kevin Brazel, Ben, Scott Hughes, Neil Shaw, Dan Palmino, Malcolm King, Jimmy Radcliffe, Mark Gowland, Jonathan Putney, Mitchell Ness, Jeff Luxack, Will with one L. Harris, Chris Zacharias, Matt Bradley, Victor Valenzuela, Jonathan Talbert, Cheesy Bob, Scooby Diesel, Adam Denby, Kate Patton, Rob Rickman, Sasan, Dan Flanagan, Riley Knox, Kyle Starr, Anthony Goulas, Michael S., Andy Joyce, Matt Valdez, Relentless Rex, John Sisko, Curtis from Louisville, Aaron Trahan, Chris Bergman. All right, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.